0: The big question is this, how do pastors like us who remain focused on the mission of Jesus and serving our communities without being distracted by everything in the world around us, how do we increase our effectiveness while living a lifestyle that doesn't compromise our health, our families, or our personal relationships with Jesus? That's the question this podcast is going to answer. I'm Dr. Brandon Cooper, and welcome to the Ministry Hackers Podcast. What's up everybody? I hope you are doing well today. Things are going pretty well here. It's nice and cool. It's very fall ish, which I am very much a fan of. Um, I'm ready for sweatshirts and ready for uh, football this season to get started, ready to uh, just get into the fall. Um, I, it's one of my favorite seasons of the year. And then right after that comes Christmas. So it's all wonderful. Um, I was thinking today about how things don't always work out the way we plan for them to. And this year is obviously. Um, An example of that, most of us had plans for 2020. Most of us had some idea of what we wanted to accomplish or um, what we would do this year, or maybe even some of us have vacations planned. Um, But whatever the case is, 2020 has turned out to be very different than what we expected. And and it made me think about um, my own pathway to to ministry. Uh, So my path to ministry did not work out the way I planned for it to. Um, and I actually found myself at one point living in a closet. And so I tell you that story today. Um, when I first started out in ministry, I went to Bible college for about a year and a half and ran out of money. And so I went home and through some different circumstances, I ended up, um, a pastor that I knew in Springfield, Missouri, um, what just happened to be in Des Moines. And he asked me to come and help him out in his youth group, lead his ministry teams and everything else. And so, I threw all my stuff into uh, my Ford Taurus, I believe I had at that point. Everything I owned into that, and drove to Springfield, Missouri, and started helping out in this youth group. And at the time, I was living with the youth pastor and his family. And um, after about a week or two, I found out just through kind of a random conversation with somebody that the the neighborhood that they lived in um, did not allow non-family members to live in their homes. It was part of the homeowners association HOA and so you know I found out that that wasn't the case I don't know that my youth pastor knew that or maybe he did but um, but I you know made the decision that I didn't want to get him in trouble I didn't want to get their family in trouble I didn't want to you know and being a dark complected uh, American Indian living with this all-white family um, I kind of stuck out uh, stood out like a sore thumb and so um, I decided that I would figure out something else and I really didn't know anybody else in the area other than all of my college friends who were at Bible college um, down the street. But, you know, I couldn't live in the dorms. I couldn't, you know, I just, I was out of options. Well, um, the church that I was helping out in, it was a relatively larger church and um, their old sanctuary had a um, a pocket, a speaker pocket on either side of the stage, way up high, um, which ended up being the second floor of um, of the building that was on the back side. And so um, right where one of those speaker pockets was ended up being the, the, the closet for the middle school pastor. And so after, you know, a few weeks, you know, him and I had gotten close. I had actually set up an office inside of that closet And when I found out that um, I might possibly get the youth pastor in trouble for living in his home, um, I just ended up um, conveniently staying past all of our ministry teams and past everything every night. I would just work on stuff. And then after everybody would leave, I would climb up into that closet. And I had set it up in such a way I could sleep in the closet and nobody would really know. I'd run power into a different corner of the closet to where I could, you know, I could have a little bit of light and a, a little bed and, you know, and I just was very quiet <clears throat> and I lived there for about a month. I would go back to the youth pastor house random times during the day and the evening time. And I always was able to kind of finagle the situation to where um, nobody really missed me because you know, nobody was keeping track of me because I didn't really know anybody at that point. Um, and so, so for about a month, I lived in the closet of the middle school pastor's um, office at the church. And I remember, you know, staying in there. And if you've ever been at churches late at night, especially large churches, they're, they're a little creepy. There's lots of, you know, different sounds. And, and I remember one night laying in my bed in the closet in the middle school pastor's office just thinking you know 6 months before that or 8 months before that i was a bible college student and i was um working hard on my classes and and meeting people and just learning everything i could about ministry and waiting for my opportunity to be in ministry i was you know kind of where i wanted to be and then because of running out of money at college and and having to go home and you know i worked for a fence company and building fences and you know 8 months later i was now in a bed, in the closet of the middle school pastor's office in the church. And I remember thinking this was not the plan. This was not how I was supposed to get into ministry. This wasn't the, the road. And, and even when I started off, you know, answering the call to ministry, I knew that I had a different road because a lot of the people that I knew in ministry, their parents had been in ministry or they had known since they were little kids, that they were going to go into ministry. And so laying in the bed, In the closet of the middle school pastor's office i remember questioning am i really called to ministry shouldn't it be easier than this Um, is this really what god has called me to do is this the path like how could this be the path to ministry that god had me on did god mean for me to be here in this moment um and and it i it really i really struggled and, and it was a really difficult point for me in the journey into ministry. And as I've thought over this last year and everything's upside down and, and all of our plans are out the door and we're just kind of making up the year as we go. And thinking about that month, living in the, the closet of the youth pastor, the middle school pastor's office mm-hmm. at the church and how distant God's plan seemed for me in that moment. And I imagine probably in some ways, maybe that's how Moses felt. Um, once he, when he went from the palace to the wilderness and he's being a shepherd and feels isolated and cut off from the world that he knew. And, and I imagine some of the same similar feelings of, you know, not being worthy, um, maybe being out of the will of God, you know, being lost, being abandoned, feeling lonely—all um, those feelings were going on in me. And maybe for you, this year has has put you there. Maybe you already felt like that coming into 2020, and 2020 has just uh, exaggerated that for you. And maybe you find yourself today just questioning: Am I called to ministry? Am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I really gifted? Am I really whatever? Let me just encourage you that even though in that moment, in my bed, in the closet of the middle school pastor's office, even though I questioned at that point and it seemed like I was a million miles away from what God wanted me to do and who he wanted me to be, God showed his path for me one step at a time. And I found my way into exactly what God had called me to be and and, and where he had called me to be and, and, and God orchestrated it. All I had to do was follow him. And so it really didn't matter how I felt. It just mattered if I was obedient enough to follow. And so I want to encourage you today, wherever you are and whatever's going on in your life. And however upside down things may feel, just keep moving forward. Don't question yourself. Don't second guess God, just keep moving forward. If you will keep moving forward and you will trust him and you will work hard and you will give everything you have to the calling that God has given you, then God will give you everything he has, his anointing, his empowerment. He will open up the doors. He will will illuminate the path for you to follow. And as long as you're being obedient, you will follow that path exactly where he is taking you. We don't need to rely so much on our feelings. Feelings are valuable and important in the right moment, in the right context. But it cannot discount God's voice in our lives. It cannot discount the calling he's placed on each of us. So I want to encourage you today, if you're feeling down, you're feeling frustrated, feeling depressed, even if you're feeling like you are way off base, go to God, listen to him, trust him, and keep moving forward with him. And, um, and he'll show himself faithful, and he will reveal to you all the greatness he's put in you and what he's wanting to do with you and all that greatness he's gifted you with. So continue on the path, continue to move forward. It's so great uh, to see what God is doing in our lives. Even in an upside-down world, God has everything under control, and he is orchestrating all of our circumstances. And so just hold on tight to him. Um, have a great rest of the day, and I will see you again soon. See you guys.